All right, before we begin, I'm just going to pray uh, real quick, and then we'll start. Father, Lord, thank you um, for tonight, and uh, thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you sent your Son um, to this earth to die for our sins, um, that we who place faith in him can have eternal life and not perish. And um, so we just give you praise and thanks uh, for that great love that you demonstrated towards us. And now as we get into your word, just pray that you just open up our hearts and our minds uh, to understand what you're saying. Uh, pray that you would uh, just speak clearly uh, through me and that you will be glorified. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We actually, we, we do have announcements, but we'll do announcements um, after the message. And we will do small groups after we do announcements. The... The text for this evening is from John 3, very familiar passage, John 3, starting at verse 16 through 21. So I'll give you time to turn there, John chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. I'll give myself some time to turn there too as well. All right. If you're not there, uh, just 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 listen listen as 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 I read it. John chapter three, sixteen to twenty one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Verse 21. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought. In God. What does renewal mean? When you hear the word renewal, what comes to your mind? Renewal. What? To be made again. Reset. Reset. Renewal. Start over. Make over. All right. What? I thought I heard something. No. Okay. All right, right. start over, renew. Like I said back there, the renewal and redemption we experience is because God demonstrated his love towards us. Uh, we hear Paul talks about that a God demonstrated, and this is how God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were yet still sinners, Christ came and died for us. That's amazing. That is amazing. Now, God loved us enough to kill his son. 
How does that make you feel? God loved us, the world, us, enough to kill his son. I mean, did, did we deserve that? I mean, I don't deserve that. Do you guys deserve that? So how, how does that make you feel? Bad? Hmm? Okay, very upset. Any others? How does that make you feel? I mean, oh, do you feel anything? Are you like, okay, you know, check me out, man. God died for me. You know, I'm worth it. You know, is it like the Maybelline commercial? You know, I'm worth it. You know, maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe I'm worth it. I mean, really? What? Loved? I mean, that's incredible. If you wrap your mind around that, put yourself as being a parent, right? And you have your kid, and you look at someone else who has an illness, and they need a transplant, say a heart transplant, and your child is the right blood type for that heart transplant. And then you say, you know what? You know, here's Tony. You know, here's CJ, CJ Jr. Right? You know, just, here you go. I mean, would we honestly do that? Eh? No, right? I mean, yeah, certainly not. I'm not easily. The word, verse, The word love there, where it says, for God so loved the word, the world. The word love there, I'm having issues. The word love there, in the Greek it's agapao, you know, which makes you think of, okay, okay, agape, it's, 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 it's one of those, um, it's, it's one of those, Greek words that tie in together. Uh, of course, agape is a different kind of love, but agapao is a is a love that a, a parent, a mother, or a father have towards their child. It's like a cherished love, and and that's the kind of love that God has for us, the world. And then verse seventeen says. Read verse 17, Thaddeus. God did not send his son to judge the world. Now, should we be judged? Should we be condemned? Should we be sent on a fast way train all the way to eternal punishment? Really? We don't deserve a little better than that. Why not? We're sinners. Right? In, in Romans 3.23. Who knows that? Romans 3.23. By memory. Did I say Romans 3.23? I think I meant Romans 6.23. Right? 
I think it's 623. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What's that? That's 323, right? Okay, so 623 is for the wages of sin is death. Okay. So God sent his son into the world not to judge the world or to condemn the world. What is the second part of verse 17? But that the world might be saved through him. The word saved, this is an easy, very easy um, um, Greek word that you can remember. And I'm not just trying to throw fancy Greek words because I feel like it. Um, but as you, even at this age, encourage you to study the word um, and, and study what certain words mean in the original language will give you a, a clearer understanding of certain um, scripture when you look at it. So the word here, saved, is sozo, S-O-Z, or how we say here in Bahamas, Z-O. So let's all say it together, sozo, sozo. You guys, song, so, so. All right, sozo. Sozo means saved, means rescued, means preserved. So what is it saying? That God did not send us, send Jesus to, our, well, we, we've been talking about John, and, and we've been talking about how the Son of God, anyway, I'm not going to get into that, because that's, that's going to take about 15 minutes to get into. But anyway, God sent his Son not to judge us or condemn us, because we are the world, if you didn't realize that. Right, but he sent his son in so that we might be saved. Verse eighteen. Verse eighteen says, "He who believes in him is not judged." What's that saying? He who believes in him is not judged. When you hear that. What is he saying? He who believes in him, who's the him? Jesus, right? Is not judged. What's that saying? You guys look like you've been judged. You guys look like, oh, I got my verdict. It doesn't look good. So no smiles on my face, just all grim and doom, grim and doom. What does it mean? He who believes in Jesus is not judged. What is it saying when you read that? Do you get anything from that? What is it saying? We're not what? We're not on, a, we're not on the highway to hell anymore? Okay. Anything else? Anyone want to add anything to that? Very good. Same thing, you know. We, what's it saying? I'm going, to, I'm going to get like a little grammatical here, not because I like English, but that's in the present tense. It says, he who believes, he who believes in him is not judged. So that means that those of us who have placed faith and trust in Christ, we are no longer under the judgment of God. We are no longer on the highway to hell. We are no longer going to experience judgment for our sins. 
we're going to experience forgiveness of our sins as we confess them to him. But look at the second part. second part says, He who does not believe, again, that's still present tense, he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. So as equally as those who believe and place faith in Jesus experience what it is not to be judged by him, those who have not have already been judged. And those who have not may not experience it here in this physical realm, But as far as eternality is concerned, they have already been judged. And for those who have believed, is not judged. All right. The last three verses. The last three verses. Verse 19, 20. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were what? Evil. Right? Their deeds were evil. Now, I know nowadays there are some very bold people who would just break into someone's house, broad daylight. I don't know why we say like broad daylight. Like, is there like a narrow daylight? I guess if it's coming through the window, it'll be narrow. But then if it's just out, it's like broad. But anyway, we say broad daylight. You guys just accept things. You don't like question anything that we say. Okay. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you very much. Get a little Pentecostal in here. I just need my little towel and stuff. Um, But we know like nowadays, nowadays, ladies in the corner, stay with me. Um, people commit crime in, in, in broad daylight. You know, folks will hold you up at, at, at the traffic light or, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's getting worse and worse. But normally, if someone's breaking into someone else's house, and it's not because they forgot their keys to the house, it's, it's literally not their house, right? When would they do that? At what time would they do that? At night, right? Why? So you can't see it, right? Because it's dark, right? Right, yeah. Heard, yeah, I actually heard a story of that. Because normally, when we're doing something that's not right, we want it to be a little dark, or we want to do it where no one can see. We conceal ourselves, right? If you're tempted to make up with someone, you're not going to sit on your parents' couch, and it's like 4 p.m., and everyone's home, and you're going to be like, hey, you want to make up? Yeah, I want to make up. All right, let's go ahead and make up. And, and then, you know, and, and mom and dad is walking by, like, hey, mom, dad, we're just making up, right? No, you're not, you're not going to do that, all right? Hopefully not. I mean, you to talk to your parents if, if they allow you to do that, right? Um... You're going to probably try to sneak off somewhere, right? Probably make up some story. And I know you guys don't do this because you're all like perfect little angels, you guys. These thoughts don't even come to your mind, and I'm sorry for bringing them up because I feel like I'm contaminating your minds. So I'm sorry. Um, 
But normally, someone will wait until the parents go out or say, hey, I'm going to the library. Like, anyone goes to the library anymore these days. Or I'm going to a study thing. And then, and then we do the things that we know is wrong when there's no eyes seeing us. But God sees all things. You ever, you ever come into your kitchen at home, right? You do. And you turn on the light, and, and, if, and if there is a roach, and you don't get a heart attack, what does the roach or roaches do when you turn on the light? It's what? They stand? The roach of the 21st century. They run? Call a lizard? All right, yeah, the lizards, right? Or geckos, because there's a lot of, like, geckos and stuff like that. They run, right? They run. Why, yeah, why do they run? They're scared, right? Right? They're, they're work, they're busy in the dark. The light shines, and it's like, oh my goodness, the people are back again. You know what I mean? It's, you know. Now just look, now just look at it spiritually. This is the judgment, verse 19, that the light, and the light there, is Jesus, has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for the fear that his deeds will be exposed. However, because there's probably some in here who don't like their deeds being exposed. Whether it whether it's literally being exposed or when you hear from the word that God doesn't like the things that you're doing, it just does not match up to his standard. They're like, ah, oh, I don't want to hear that. I hear it all the time. It's like it's boring. It's still. Stop judging me. Stop judging me because I believe in science. You know, like, you know, just like, why are you constantly on me? And it's just the word of God. It's its standard. This is the light. Jesus is the light that came into the world to expose the darkness, the darkness in our hearts. And we have one or two choices to make. Either scurry away like the roaches or embrace the light and accept the truth that he is bringing. And in verse 21, if you're one who has embraced the light, who is purposing to live according to God's standard, as what verse 21 says, but he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. When you hear practice, what's another word? Your own word. What would you put there? He who what? Preparation, who prepares himself. Condition. Okay, he who conditioned himself. What, what other word would you put there for practice? When you think of practice. Trained. Hmm? Workout. Very good. Hmm? Constant, right? Because you like practice... Do professionals just practice one time? 
Like, Anissa, do you just practice, like, once for softball, and that was it? Right? No, right? It's, like, ongoing, ongoing. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's constant. It's a workout, constantly. So what is calling for us, those who have placed faith and trust in Christ and the work he's done on the cross and the blessed and glorious resurrection from the grave, we need to practice living the life that the word of God commands us to live. And it's not just us practicing it for ourselves. Look at the end. Um, No, I got it. I got it. It says at the end, right before I close, and I know I've said that like five times already. It says at the end, he who practices the truth comes to light so that his deeds may be manifested. That's revealed. May be manifested as having been wrought in God. When we practice living the way the Word of God commands us to live, because we who have been renewed from the sacrificial debt of Christ, those of us who have recommitted ourselves to living that life, we need to practice it. We need to live it out. And when we do that, we're not just doing it for ourselves. It is to be the, the display of our relationship with Christ. It needs to be the, the outward appearance of God working in and through us. And when that happens, we not only embrace the light, but our lives reflect the light of Christ. So I challenge all of us tonight to... One, recognize that God loves us dearly. Secondly, recognize that God doesn't want to condemn you and judge you. That's what the enemy says. That's what the enemy wants you to think. In Second Peter three nine, it says, God's desire is for none to perish, but that all may come to repentance. So God loves you. His desire is certainly not to judge you and condemn you. His desire is that you will be saved and be redeemed back to him. And that your response will be that you would live that life out. Jesus said, the thief comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your son. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you made for us. Um, thank you, Lord, that we can come to you constantly in the things that we struggle with. It's not a one. We, we can constantly come before you, constantly confess to you. And what you ask for us is just to repent, to turn away, to put aside the old self, put on the new self, walk forward with a lifestyle that reflects and honors you. So I just pray that you will help us do this. Pray that we will be sensitive to your spirit's leading so that we 
can live lives that are honoring and pleasing before you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.